Um, welcome to Lunch Pail Daily. It's me, your host, Lola. The thing that I wanted to chat about today um, is this kind of idea of niche versus convenient. Um, I was inspired by this idea from a conversation with um, I, yesterday with Aaron Tor- Eric Tornberg, who's the founder of On Deck. He is a um, he's a yeah founder of On Deck, and he also runs Village Global. And he um, gave a little fireside chat to the On Deck fellows, which I'm currently in that program. And um, something that he mentioned, and I think it was more in a community context, was this idea of like if you're a business, you'll either want to go niche or convenient. The niche option serves a very specific use case and industry. And like, you know, the convenient option would be something that kind of services a much larger landscape and like surface area. And it may very well be that these things kind of evolve, like you start with a very, you know, unique use case. And then as you get reps, you sort of start sort of capturing more of that, like kind of either customer journey or ecosystem. I think on deck has done some really great writing and sharing and thinking on um, how they're doing this in a community context for sort of like ambitious young people and founders and like the startup ecosystem and entrepreneurship and tech in general. But I wanted to take that same sort of thinking and apply it to this like, I, like you know, this no code services thing um, and do some thinking out loud to one, think about for Lunch Pail Labs, um, you know, Maybe through this exercise, I'll identify areas in which we should go niche and maybe launch like a service that um, kind of targets a specific part of the journey in a no-code services context. Or, um, you know, maybe there are other sort of stages that we can capture and maybe that's more convenient. I think for small companies, I tend to um, lean like, oh, things should go niche. But I think regardless, it should be like a very maybe helpful thinking out loud exercise. And since um, getting close now to like, uh, I guess 20 no code client engagements. So I've seen sort of different iterations of um, what people need of no code apps and what they're asking for. And uh, there's definitely some common trends that appear so we can get into it. So I think everything really starts with like a scoping stage and in scoping that could be a lot of things. It could be like choosing the right stack Um, defining what the features are. I think there's also a piece of research um, that might even be its own category. Um, Things like, you know, helping to decide what should actually get built or built or like what problem. Um, I think that's an earlier category and might even be sort of tool agnostic, but it could be interesting to think about sort of for firms who do sort of help companies with idea discovery and opportunity discovery and business discovery How do those firms, like, do approaches change when they're building for an ultimate no-code context as opposed to a development context? I don't think so, but it could be some interesting digging in there. But on the scoping, yeah, scoping sort of stage, it is, like, choosing stack, defining what it is, defining, like, flows. Um, I think sort of post this scoping, once you define kind of, like, what needs to get done, there's that like UX and sort of design sort of piece that um, is separate. Um, so I think, I guess, focusing more on that scoping phase, I don't think that's something that's easily uncoupled from maybe the, <clears throat> as a service in its own, it'd probably be very hard to 
say like, oh, like we're a no code scope company. Um, I don't know that people have, but it, it could be interesting um, to, to sort of, maybe you would sort of pitch it as like, oh, we're a product planning company and like, we'll help you sort of, it would probably be like a consulting package. Like we'll help you come up with a plan and what you should use. And then you can go to whatever other sort of feeder agencies to actually implement the plan, but we'll make it a good plan. Um, but I think a lot of companies would prefer that they, those like sort of down market or down the journey, like companies would probably prefer to create their own scopes. And I think a lot of no code agencies or no code, low code agencies do. So definitely something that needs to happen, I think is part of the journey, but it's probably hard to uncouple as its own service. Then next there's like the UX and design. And yes, there are UX and design services. It could be interesting to think about like, does a design firm look differently if the end product is going to be no code? Are there different approaches there? Would a standalone no code design services, yeah, be different? Um, I don't know. Maybe there could be some interesting stuff with like tool, like kind of like um, if it was too tool dependent, like a bubble design agency that just did bubble design. I don't know. Is there an interesting stuff? Like we'll make your bubble apps look awesome or Webflow design. I mean, there are Webflow design agencies, but I feel like they also do implementation as well. I don't think they just leave it to the design. So that's a, that's a big piece there. And then in this as well, I think there's just like standalone products. So there's a very big and sort of growing no code, like templates industry, um, where you can find and buy and sell, um, all sorts of note like templates. I think they're also pretty tool specific. I don't know if there's a ton of cross-platform temp- no-code template ones, but Shopify has their templates. Bubble has their templates. You can contribute to Webflow templates. I'm sure Adalo and some of the other ones as well. Um, so there's that. And then there's like your actual like custom design where, you know, you're, you're doing something in maybe Figma or some wireframes. You're iterating on it with the client um, to get to that final version. So definitely probably makes sense to have it sort of as like an end to end, like part of like a service map, but could be interesting as a breakout service of like, um, especially on the templates piece. I think there's a lot of cool things. It's something I've toyed about with like Lunchpail Labs, like should we have our own LPL templates? Um, so that's cool. Then there's like the development piece and with that, I find a lot of services are pretty tool specific. So it's either their Webflow, or maybe their Webflow in Bubble, um, or maybe they're in Adalo, or maybe they're Glide. Um, not a ton that are necessarily like tool agnostic, probably for good reason, because why learn a bunch of different tools? But I guess if you're trying to be the convenient option for no code agencies um, or no code services, perhaps knowing a bunch of tools is really helpful there um, so that whatever the context you know you could whip something quickly for clients and softer if they're not trying to do something flexible you can transfer for bubble um, you can rebuild stuff and then um, there are so I think there's there's that they're also we're also starting to see sort of like agencies that only focus on this sort of no code development I think FN Suite or Fin Suite is one great example of that, where they said that they're not going to do the design anymore, that they're just going to focus on Webflow development. I don't know 
if um, any bubble agencies have sort of, I don't know if there's a kind of like alternative there on the bubble side where someone's like, hey, like whatever your designers and sort of product people say you want built, we'll build it in no code. I think that could be interesting actually. So that might be a cool sort of perspective on a no code sort of design or no code development and only development kind of agency. And I think it would probably, I mean, it could be tool agnostic where whatever you're trying to build, show me the prototype and the wireframes and I'll build it for you in whatever tool you want. Um, or it could be kind of um, tool specific. So like, you know, there's the Webflow example, there's the bubble example. Bubble example might actually be cool um, where you just like make it happen. You like tell me the requirements. You do the UX design and scoping with your general product people. I'll knock out development with the no code or something and make it real. And then um, I think after that is kind of like the like iterate. Well, I think there's several things. There's the sort of product iteration, analytics, experimentation. I might call that the experimentation stage. Um, and so, you know, having your first launch, getting feedback from users, building your next set of features for users, figuring out what they, they, they do. And I think it's sort of an, a little loop, a, a smaller loop, though, than maybe the initial loop of um, all the other stages. Um, it'll be in, that could be a, like sort of like interesting from like um like could that be a standalone service like oh maybe you by yourself you built your own bubble app or no code app and now you're trying to do the next version um i could also see that being something that's either tool specific or tool agnostic where it's like oh now that you've got these you know features we'll help you iterate and there's probably kind of two parts there um one that's doesn't necessarily have anything to do with no code where it's like, you know, a, a firm that helps the clients experiment and sort of make sense of user feedback, make sense of product analytics and choose the next features. And then the, uh, a firm that, um, maybe so three options firm that does that sort of product stuff. That's probably a little bit, doesn't have to do with anything about no code firm that maybe does the, just the development stuff. And so if you need an add on, to your no-code app, whether it's in Bubble or Webflow, you know, they're the people who sort of swoop in to do that. I think in my experience, those projects have been a little bit difficult because there is a big X factor. Um, Cause one, they're oftentimes smaller in sort of like scope, like you definitely would charge less to just add a small feature than to do the whole Wahala of like the whole sort of being, bringing a product to life, sort of that full stack option. Um, and they have a lot of unknowns. One, like how is the like how is the structure of the app actually set up, and like how are things connected? And there's even there's sort of like a you know ramp up curve of just making sure you understand what's even going on in the back end because it's not always obvious. Um, I think no code, especially on the development side, um, definitely there are some opportunities for better just industry wide documentation practices. And maybe that's a product of its own, like, you know, I don't know if there's like on the development side, like a documentation practice or documentation standard, like the, the AT, like documentation standard, um, like, I don't know, that is sort of consistent and, and known, probably not, but that could be its own little certification or 
something that you could add to no code. So the dev side is definitely complicated, but I think it's a side that also has a lot of demand that a lot of people just choose not to play in just because, yeah, so many unknowns there. So if someone could figure it out in like a productized way where, you know, it it was still profitable, because I think those projects tend to not be profitable because your initial estimate of how much, how long something might take could be totally wrong if you are sort of plugging into what somebody else did previously or sort of rehabbing an existing product. And then, yeah, the, that last option would be some people who would do maybe both. Like, um, so like a firm that just focuses on like iterating. That could be interesting, like as a service. I don't know. Like all we do is make your, your no code apps better, um, and help you get to where the, the stepped, not the zero to one sort of, uh, company where the two to a thousand company, I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to, I think a lot of these things, cause I do think I might actually make like a little industry, I don't know, industry map, but just like share this maybe on Twitter. It could be cool to see like from a development standpoint, what are the parallels like or just like a traditional whatever standpoint like what are the research firms what are the scoping firms are there scoping firms i know we've got design firms what are the development firms doing are there just iterating firms um and then obviously i think a lot of i think a lot of no code agencies play across the stack so like from step your step zero to step final they'll take you through the whole whole journey but those I think are the really the 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 main main categories of phases. There's like the and then like maybe that's even post like iteration, but I don't know, like an like an education sort of phase. Um well, I guess it would be like iteration and then there's like a maintenance phase. Um so maintenance phase for most no, no code tools, people can sort of do it by themselves. I know some like in the development world, like you can pay companies to, so I think under that, like it'd just be like platforms, like monthly hosting fees. Um, maybe you could have like a, hey, if anything comes up, we'll be on call type arrangement like you kind of do in traditional development. Um, and then I think there's a part of this that is like kind of like self-maintenance or like education where um, after like an engagement Whereas I see like iteration is more about building new features and improving the product. And then, yeah, maintenance is just making sure that things are live and you can make small changes. Um, Yeah, I think education, there's probably like a, and I feel like this would be an add-on to like a suite of services instead of maybe its own service. I mean, there's lots of no-code education things, but I think they're, mostly geared to either people who are trying to build their own no-code apps or trying to sell their own no-code services or make money from no-code in some way. Um, But on a studio or an agency side, kind of, you know, adding that to the package of like training and helping your team and stuff like that. Once you have a no-code sort of solution in place so that you can be independent moving forward, like that's probably like an extension of the life cycle. Um, but yeah, those are my main thoughts. I know this is a little bit of a longer call, but, um, it has been interesting to think through and I think I might refine some of this thinking. I did a very messy little map on my journal, 
um, that I might share these different stages. And that's pretty much it in terms of what's on the docket today. I've got um, a lot of talking to folks, um, meeting with another product studio later. So excited to, you know, share notes and chat. And then I just have a some some deep work to do. So that's really all. That's it. Um, if you're listening, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to tweet me. Feel free to respond. No, I guess tweet me. <laughs> um, like, what do you think about the no-code services journey map? Like, what stages do you think are missing? Um, would love to hear from you. All right. That's it.